Hey everybody, welcome to Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I am your host, Garrett Callender, and with me as always, the man who has all the confidence to beat Brock Lesnar, and hopefully some of the skill, Derek Halpin. I can vouch for that. That is absolutely 100% true, and we have one hell of a show for you today. Yeah, today uh, we're going to catch up on some current events in pro wrestling. And we're also, for our main event, going to be talking about our favorite subject among wrestling fans, which is dream matches and fantasy matches. Uh, We got some uh, social media interaction from people with some suggestions, and we're going to give you our picks too. So this should be a good one, man. Looking forward to it. Hit our goddamn music. I just want to say I fucking love our music. Oh, I do too. Like, it gets me... The thing is, the more you hear it, the more you get excited about it. I hope that when people listen to our podcast, the music gets them excited for each episode. I think it's good that uh, while we're on the subject, we have not given credit where credit is due on the music. I want to have it. Yeah, I want to thank my buddy uh, Josh Hendricks. Uh, I, yeah, used to wor- I, I used to work with him at Warner Brothers. Uh, very talented composer. He does a lot of stuff, uh, you know, makes things for video games, uh, short films. Very, very talented man. And we were fortunate enough for him to uh, make that for us. So huge thank you to Josh. Thank Hendricks. you, Josh. Josh Hendricks is the fucking man. He is. And I hope uh, he knows how how many positive things, how many po- like how much positive feedback we've gotten on that music. Gets me yeah. pumped every time. It gets me pumped every time I hear it. So thank you, Josh. Yes. Thank you, sir. And so let's dive right into this week's episode. Well, uh, I want to start week... off by letting everybody know real quick that uh, I am a little under the weather right now. Currently drinking a hot toddy from a WWE mug. Got Kane looking at me in the face. Sip a, <laughs> sip a toddy to the working man. <laughs> when you say it's Kane looking at you, is it is it Demon Kane? Is it's... it Corporate Kane? Uh, well, if I have to break down everybody on this coffee mug, the thing is when you're a wrestling fan and people don't know what to get you for gifts, you're going to get a lot of WWE branded merchandise. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. No, I'm never going to complain about that, but it's got a cane. It's a, he is the demon, but it's like a more current version of the demon. Uh, we got Undertaker, Seth Rollins looking real smug, but this is like evil Seth Rollins with skunk hair and, uh, and the, 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 the scene man, the, the leader of the C nation. <sighs> Uh, everyone's favorite wrestler. So you're feeling like shit a little bit is what you're saying. Oh, but I'm always ready to talk about wrestling, man. Let's I was going to say, it. this is pro wrestling. Suck it up. I got whiskey in this cup. It's, <laughs> we're, do, we're doing it. We're doing it, man. So l- let's start off. Let's talk about what's going on this week in the world of WWE, man. What's going on? Uh, honestly, Raw was pretty good this week. I had I had a really good time watching it. I thought there were multiple segments on Raw this week that were really, really good. Um I think we should just cut right to the chase and talk about what I thought was the best segment on Raw, which was Braun fucking Strowman. Uh, dude doesn't want to bury the lead. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, upright base going up against Elias. That segment was fucking awesome. Everything what? about that segment was fucking awesome. When he rounded that corner holding the fucking cello, 
I <laughs> well, he steps off into the shadows. He steps like, off to the right into the shadows. You're like, well, what's he doing over there? The thing is, the crowd is going fucking crazy during that song, and you could tell that they were setting up for something. I was just like, oh my god, what is what are they setting up for here? And I nothing, nothing could have ever prepared me to see that giant fucking man holding a cello like a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so. So here's where I'm I'm looking at it and I'm for a second I'm like oh god they're like cuz I love comedy and wrestling as much as the next fellow but I'm sitting there for a minute and I'm going ah man I don't know if Braun's the guy they should be doing this shit with I didn't know how much I needed it until I saw it and then when I saw him come out and put that across his fucking leg and just immediately as soon as he starts trying to like pluck it like a just bass tears guitar. it in half. It just, to just it. like, it, like guaranteed that was not planned, but it was almost like it should have been. That's exactly how it should have happened. Turns out a gimmick cello that. is pretty hard to play. Fuck. And then you start realizing, I don't think I've ever seen one of those on a wrestling show before. No, Anywhere. that was something brand new. And it didn't feel like when you get a comedy segment from the big show, the, when a giant man like that is being funny, it's almost even more scary. <laughs> like, like he gets it. Like, have you ever seen a biker eat an ice cream cone? <laughs> like, there's a there's a part of it where it's like this could go wrong at any time, <laughs> right? But yeah, no, that segment that segment was fucking awesome. I thought that um, the main event was pretty cool. I and like I saw some people complaining about it online, but I don't really fucking get it. Like, I thought the finish. For them adding uh, Rollins and Balor into the Elimination Chamber match, I thought that was pretty cool. Well, obviously, Rollins deserves a spot somewhere on this roster right now. Right. Uh, And a a big spot. And he doesn't have anywhere to be. And that's a concern for me, like, leading into WrestleMania with him. I have no clue what you're going to do with him. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, um, ever since I heard that Jason Jordan was uh, dealing with an injury, not because I'm wishing an injury on Jason Jordan, I just think that Rollins needs to get out of the tag picture because if he's not, if he's not going to be teaming with Ambrose or Reigns, he's a single star, and it's been a long time since he's done something as a single star that I think was meaningful. So I, I was kind of excited to see them go with that and uh, immediately push him into that chamber spot, and um, I think a lot of people. Like, they kind of have an idea of who's going to win that match, right? I mean, I th- we think we know. Like, we're all pretty sure it's Roman Reigns. Right. But, I mean, there are good options. We have good options in this match that, if they do decide to surprise us, could lead to an awesome WrestleMania. So, let me give you my Dark Horse prediction. Um, because I would like to, I would like to see Finn Balor win it. I wouldn't mind um, some scenario where they give Rollins a try. I don't see it happening. I think John Cena's my dark horse. I, I had, don't I had disagree read, with that. I read a while back that they had big plans for him at WrestleMania, and I, I know a lot of people are talking about him and Undertaker, and that may seem likely, but holy shit, like, I don't know. I don't th- This is one of those rare scenarios where I think Cena going on to be in a main event spot at WrestleMania is appropriate because if he wins one more world title, he sets the all-time record for world title reigns, right? Absolutely. Well, how do they count that? Do they only count that for the WWE title? Or no, they count the- that for both. both okay, count. so we are pretending that the universal title is equal. Like, I mean, I know we're pretending it's equal, but I didn't know... So if he gets that, we are boosted him up to 16. Oh, wasn't he be at 17? Or 17, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, it's kind of 
it's kind of a mess. The like the world title history of both shows, especially since they started doing the brand split. Um, a, the couple times they've done the brand split, but yeah, all world heavyweight title reigns, all WWE championship reigns, all WWE world heavyweight championship reigns and WWE championship reigns and universal title reigns. All those count the same now. I feel like wrestling fans are going to be pissed at me for saying this, but I would rather see Cena Lesnar as the main event than Roman. Will they be pissed at you? I don't know. That? I feel like, ev- does everybody still hate Cena? Like, I feel like I don't think they do. I think around. But yeah, I don't know. Just he had. okay. so he was right at the beginning of as as the Miz put it. John, he was the founding founding father of of Suplex City. Yeah, I was just about I was just about to say that. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I think there's a story there. I do think. And the thing is, that match shocked the hell out of all of us. Yeah. Uh, when John Cena's just getting suplexed all over the place. But if you think about the next time they fought after that, maybe it wasn't. A, actually, I think it was the next time. It was the next pay-per-view. The triple threat. It, no, I was meaning the Royal Rumble one. Oh, okay. Uh, where we had a triple threat between Rollins, Cena, and Lesnar. That, of that year, that was maybe my favorite match in WWE that year. And we know those two guys have chemistry. And right now, I mean, Lesnar, Cena, that's a huge marquee like you put that across the front of any stadium and it works it's, it works and that's going to be all over the news because then that means the next day you can send john cena to good morning america get him on there talking about it pimping out the product uh i, I just i see it working and then it gives you another opportunity after that to do uh john cena versus roman reigns again which happened at just kind of like a you know a raw branded single one-off pay-per-view and they can do a different spin on that. But no, I, going back to what I, what I was saying, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know how they would go about doing it, but I do think there's potential there like the, for a storyline that makes sense. If it's a redemption story for him, and like Miz put it, if, he's the found, if he was the beginning of the, the, the Suplex City era, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Lesnar's contract is up at, after Mania, right? I'm reading on the, uh, the, the dirt sheets that he might not re-sign. How do you feel about that? If he like if Lesnar didn't come back and he goes out on his back at WrestleMania and I mean, dude had an amazing run. He barely had to work. And when he was there, it's it felt special nearly every single time. Uh, I guess I guess my question to you would be then (laughs) everyone's favorite wrestling topic. Do you think that you could do a scenario where Cena beats Lesnar and in the process, Cena can turn heel. I at this point, I don't even want to pretend like John Cena is going to be heel ever. No, like, I I'm get just, that. I don't know. I'm just at a spot where I, I don't really. I like him having this run he did and never turning heel. Has anyone ever done that? Like been in the business for 15 years and been a babyface the whole time? <sighs> Wasn't uh, I'm sure Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I'm sure there's like smaller guys. I don't know if the uh, face of the company types. I don't know. I just, with all the, Hogan was on that path for a long time. It's just, I feel like if this were going to happen, it should have already happened. It didn't. I don't know. And I'm it's good. It's the at, last like, thing for him to do. I mean, it is other than, than for whatever reason we need to see him fight the undertaker. That would be the last thing. Right. Um, Actually, that's that's probably a better scenario to turn him heel than against Lesnar. Have him cheat <laughs> to beat the dead man. 
Yeah, like, have him cheat to beat him and retire him. Like, f- fucking hurt him. <laughs> that's just, I. that's a match that's going to bum me out. I totally get that it's a main event. You know, if that does happen, that's a huge yeah. match. But it is a match that I feel like is a little too late for me. And I, f- I don't know. It's just, it takes away from what we saw at last year's Mania if I have to watch him just do it again. Yeah, I agree with you. I, like, I, that's kind of my whole reservation. Like, I, I'm sure Vince is still sitting there going, oh, but Undertaker's a draw and people love watching him. And that may be true, but... Yeah, he's not wrong. He's not wrong, but at the same time, like, you're right. The, the Cena-Taker match is like, that should have happened last year. If it was going to happen, it should have happened last year. But, okay, if, if you do have Cena win... Where, what do you do with Roman? Like, when Elimination do, Chamber, do, I mean. Do you have Roman and... Fuck, I don't know. See, the problem is there's, like... We've got, like, Braun Strowman, who, if we had never seen Braun Strowman fight Brock Lesnar, that's a WrestleMania match. But the problem is... I still is, think it's a WrestleMania match. I just... I, the matches were fine, but I don't think any of them were so good... That it's a main event. I mean, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be the main event. If you have those two big guys going, put AJ Shinsuke last. To me, that's the match that I would go last with anyway, because I don't think anybody else on the card is going to be able to top the match performance. I just don't trust that they don't think that SmackDown is the B show, so it gets to be before the main event. I know that they think that. I mean, we, yeah, it's very obvious they think that, regardless of what's going to be the best match. I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, it could come down to, uh, I don't know. I remember, I've only been to one go-home to a Mania, uh, and that was at the Staples Center, and that was leading into Mania 31. And at the very last moment of the show, they had Roman snatch the belt away from Brock. Huge oh, that where they did boos. their tug of war. Yeah, they did a little tug of war, and Lesnar pulled it back, and everybody cheered more for him. And I could see them doing that with both sets and just gauging what gets the bigger pop. Huh. I don't know. That I'm actually I will be at the uh, the go home to Mania this year. Oh uh, uh, yeah, you're going to SmackDown, aren't you, in Nashville? Yes, yeah, SmackDown's uh, the go home to SmackDown's Mania is in Nashville, conveniently. And I will be center row, first row of uh, the, the, the stands. So I should be on camera a lot. I'm on. Well, I'll we'll be, have uh, to get some screen caps of that and put it online. Speaking yeah. of SmackDown, SmackDown just wrapped up not too long ago. And uh, turns out they're adding uh, Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin to the WWE Championship match at Fastlane. So it's now a fatal five-way. Wait, if you haven't five-way? heard about that race. Oh, wait, is it AJ, Sammy? Kevin, Kevin, and then Baron Corbin and uh, Dolph Ziggler. Well, okay, what's going on with Dolph? Oh man, Did I could do a whole episode on Dolph Ziggler. Back? Not really. It didn't seem like. I mean, they tried to, but the problem is, is he was only gone seven weeks. And what, like a was month, he just on vacation? Uh, he was renegotiating a new contract. He literally just signed a new contract, and what I was reading in the dirt sheets was that the only reason he came back is because they paid him. Like and they, they paid, they him, paid really him a handsomely. lot to job. They, they're paying him a lot to basically job. And at this point, I mean, yes, I would love to see Dolph go somewhere else and be successful. But if he's at a point where he's just like, I'm making a shit ton of money. I don't have to do that. Like, you know, I don't have to. 
the thing is, he still puts on really good matches, even as the job. But he also has that stigma on him now that, like, you know, he's got like a ceiling over his head. Like, he's not going to go anywhere. It's it's such a, like, so there's only so much you can buy into storyline wise with him, knowing, like, I, you know, again, great performer. I'm not, I'm not a huge Dolph Ziggler guy. He's a great, but he's a great in the ring. Um, just thinking about these five guys in this match, like right now, if I were the booker for WWE, I would be stressed the fuck out thinking about like, where do we stuff all these guys at mania? Cause at this point I feel like Miz deserves a singles match for the IC title. Yeah. He, he doesn't deserve, like he has done so much with that belt. He deserves to have a big match on his own at mania and not have to defend it against like seven guys in a ladder match. Well, I'd heard, I'd read a rumor that Miz wasn't going to be able to do WrestleMania this year because Maurice is uh like her due date is WrestleMania is Mania weekend. Yeah. He did say though that he has a private plane on retainer and that the second she goes into labor he will be on the airplane. Okay. Um I I mean obviously like I I respect that he wants to see his baby being born and I can only imagine there are a lot of wrestlers that did not see that happen. Sure. Yeah, so, that's not good the first. Him. Yeah. I yeah. I think that he's earned it. Like, he is... I mean, him opening that show was awesome. Like, him being first in the Elimination Chamber is going to be hilarious. Oh, there's going to be... Uh, presumably, there's going to be him and two other guys opening the match. Probably Seth and, and Finn, right? That only makes... That's only fair, since they well, kind of got in well, last. To, well, to me, what would be funny is that Cena and Miz had a match on Raw to determine who was going to enter the chamber number one. It would be funny to me if Miz enters number one, but Cena's number two. So it doesn't even really fucking matter. <laughs> like, just to stick it to you. I don't know, because they have know. that extra man, so it's probably going to start with three people, right? Yeah, it's going to start with the three guys. I, I guess when you look at the WrestleMania card, there's a lot of opportunities for them to stuff guys in matches, which sometimes is fun. Like, I'm sure like a bunch of guys will wind up in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which is a mouthful. Which is probably and where, like, Rusev's going to be, right? Rusev, as long as he fucking wins it. Well, and, are you uh, hearing, like, that Goldberg might be in this match now? Uh, the Andre the Giant? Yeah. One? I didn't hear that. I'm, I read uh, the other day that they're looking at Goldberg being in it and actually looking at Goldberg. The thing is, take all this with a grain of salt. This is shit I read on the dirt sheets. Yeah. But uh, they're looking at Goldberg to win it. And something to do with that Andre the Giant um, documentary that's coming to HBO. Because it's a sense. way to incorporate a big name into winning a thing that gets to go into an HBO documentary. Right. At yeah, certain, no, I'm, at a certain I'm, point I'm sure they'll do something with the... To... Go ahead. I was just saying, at a certain point, it gets painful to watch wrestling the way we do, where it's just like you're looking at everything and trying to figure out, like, how does this tie into this? This is probably what's going to happen. Well, I don't know. To me, it's not painful as so much. That's that's my favorite part is trying. I mean, I know it get, people get frustrated when they don't get what they want. But to me, the anticipation and trying to figure out what the best way to go about booking things would be and where guys should end up and what would be fun to me, that that's like ninety percent of the reason I still watch is just trying to think along with the product, and um, it's really the only with... TV show I do that with. Well, it, that's because it's not um, it's not like any TV show, like Game of Thrones or something like that. You know, is written out on a script like well before, like like the audience doesn't have a, like a re, like a say in things. 
Like they don't get to react to Game of Thrones live on set. And with pro wrestling and with WWE specifically, you get the audience that can kind of shape things. And I think one of the things that was so fascinating about the Daniel Bryan thing was that it was a pushback against the audience being ignored. And there's sort of like, you'll, you'll meet two different kinds of fans. You'll get the fans that say the, they don't like when the audience hijacks the show. And you'll get the fans who say the audience is an integral part of the show. And when you ignore them and pretend like they're not there, they fucking lash out. And I think that's what happened with Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. And, but that, and that made for a really fun watch. Well, yeah, because I, I, I don't know, just the circumstances that those were very unique circumstances. And I don't know if we'll see that again between punk leaving and the rumors that they didn't want to go with Brian and then they ended up doing it. And I don't know, it felt very different. But going back to what we were talking about, like just kind of anticipating where they're going to go with a, a given show or an angle or whatever. To me, that's that's most of the fun of watching wrestling as an adult, because obviously at this point, everyone knows it's a work. So it's not like I'm getting strict entertainment just off of storylines. It's a lot of wondering what's the best way to get the best crowd response. So, yeah, yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot of possibilities. I'm sure they'll do something with the U S title match that, uh, WrestleMania that could end up being like a six man or like a ladder match or something. I would much rather them do it with that than the intercontinental title. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think, like you said, I think Miz deserves a one-on-one match for the intercontinental title. So. Or if we're lucky, Miz versus Brock Lesnar. As, as he predicted. As he predicted. The thing is, I, that's a match I never even considered in my head until he said it. And then I was like, you know what? He would use his brains. He could beat Brock Lesnar. Are you going to add that to your list of dream matches? Uh, it's already there. <laughs> the second he <laughs> mentioned it, I was like, oh yeah, that's, I'd buy a t-shirt of that. So, man, let's dive right into this week's main event, our main event topic, uh, which is uh, fantasy matches and dream matches and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, this is something that a lot like wrestling fans love talking about, and this is something that I've been looking forward to talking about on this podcast. And what's cool is that obviously you and I have opinions on things and we have matches we would like to see, but what's cool about this week's segment is that we got some feedback from some other people that listen to the podcast. So we want to give a shout out to those people and let's go ahead and talk about like the first match that got submitted on our list. Um, Chuck Anthony on Facebook suggested that we talk about uh, sting versus undertaker. This is a match people have been talking about for a very, very long time. And it seems like we got so fucking close to maybe getting it. Do you think they dropped the ball on that? Not, not making it happen. I think that it, I don't know, like, coming off, uh, that's a hard one. Because when they brought Sting in for what he did, it would have been a weird time to have him come in and face Undertaker. Because Taker had just come off of the the Lesnar loss. And I think you needed him, I think you did need Taker to win another match to keep him special at WrestleMania. Well, let me let me let me propose this because I'm on board. This this is a match that fans have talked about for a long time. It's a match they wanted to see. I don't think they're going to see it now. I do think it's in that it's 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 one of those that we're going to wish we'd seen, and it's not going to happen. Um, oh yeah, this but, is gone. This is yeah, this, this is something that I think we got close to, but has disappeared. Yep, it's it's on the pile of of what could have been with the WCW invasion of WWF, and yeah, missed opportunity. But um, if you consider at the at the mania that Sting was at, he faced Triple H. 
And if you consider that at that same mania, Undertaker faced Bray Wyatt in a match that people really don't talk about a couple years later. Like, it's it's gone. Well, that was that was a match I was looking... I don't know if I was looking forward to it. There was a lot of uh, pretend lightning hitting rocking chairs. Yeah. And we didn't see Undertaker <laughs> one time leading yeah, up Yeah, he didn't promo the match, yeah. And then day of, Bray Wyatt tweaked his ankle. Yeah, weird, so weird set of circumstances. It was just... It was a... It was just kind of a nothing match. And also, it was an Undertaker match in the middle of the day. Right. It was a daytime match between two spooky guys. And I don't know, there was something... daylight, yeah. It just, it didn't seem like it mattered. It was in the middle of the card. And there was a lot of people who were upset about the way uh, uh, Sting versus Triple H played out. Because to me, like, looking back on it now, considering the way those two matches individually were received... I don't know, man. I think you pulled the trigger on it in hindsight, don't you? Don't you say fuck it? And like, because here's the thing. A lot of people were upset that Sting lost to Triple H. I was one of them. I think there were a lot of people there because you were you were in attendance for that one. And there was a lot of people who were pissed off about the way that match played out. And uh, if you're going to have Sting lose, isn't Taker the guy to do it against if you're only going to do that match once? Absolutely. And I but I don't think they anticipated what ha- eventually happened to Sting happening. Uh, I think we could have gotten to that match. I, you know, the, the, I don't know. But why I think do you, if you look why back you... at that, that Sting Triple H match, as that match is going, I think we just remember the finish and how no one was super satisfied with that. But if you remember how that match is going throughout, everybody was pretty into it. it yeah, even it's not the fact a terrible it didn't match. Make sense, it didn't make sense in the sense that the NWO had no reason to interfere on Sting's behalf. DX interfering on Triple H's behalf made sense. And it essentially just became a match that was representative of the Monday Night Wars between WCW and WWF. But, uh, no, I think it was fun at the time. But, you know, I'm I'm one of these... I'll be an asshole wrestling fan and say that I think that the finish is just as important as everything else. And it's like that in movies. It's like that in a book. If you fucking don't stick the landing, it doesn't matter how good everything else was. It can, it just makes it look like, ah, you dropped the ball. I guess it's, part of partially for me that I, I was there. So I have a different memory and it was my first WrestleMania I had ever attended. Okay. And mid match, I was not expecting to hear that NWO music hit. So when that hit, obviously I popped huge because right. fucking Hulk Hogan is there. Uh, Scott <laughs> Hall is there. Like, that's exciting. Yeah. But also with this match, you got to remember, it happened at Mania. Mania sure. is a big event. Like, this is just, it's based on all just star power. So do I think if they had had the same match at, like, SummerSlam, would that have happened? Maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'm I'm on. I guess the point is I think that uh, Sting Undertaker is a match a lot of people have wanted to see. I think it's pretty clear why between them both kind of being the respective faces of their uh, their uh, organization that they wrestled for, and Undertaker having the supernatural dead man gimmick, and Sting with the face paint and hanging out in the rafters. I think it's a I think it's a good uh, I think it's a good blend. I think they mesh well. I think it's something people have <laughs> are gonna wish that they had seen and. Good pick. And like you said, I think those two guys just personified their companies so well. Like Sting was the guy that Vince never got. Taker is like Vince's most loyal, you know, loyal worker. 
Uh, yep. Just it made sense. But as I'm thinking about that match a little bit, I mean, the bill, I guess maybe you don't even really need that much of a build because in my head it's like, this is going to be a lot of two guys staring at each other in silence. And that could have actually been kind of awesome. You could have yeah. had those two guys just stare at each other for five minutes and the crowd would have lost their fucking minds. Sting points at the mania sign with a baseball bat. Taker nods and gives like a, you know, the thumb across the throat. And lightning strikes the WrestleMania sign. Yeah, I think I like I. You're you're right. I don't. This is what it, to me is what makes it such a missed opportunity. I guess is that they didn't have to do much. People just wanted to see it. They wanted they wanted to see something. And I I think it's a scenario where if Sting loses to Taker, I think people forgive them for it because it's Undertaker and it, it's not Triple H, and it just makes more sense. So. And it would have but, been Undertaker fighting a WCW guy at his event. Right. Yeah, I think it would have been forgiven. I think, it, and I think, I don't know. I think it would have worked. And I think it's sad that we're not going to get to see it. But great fantasy match because it, it, fans bring it up all the time. Yeah, um, no, I, exactly. Thanks. Thank you, Chuck. Chuck Anthony on Facebook with Sting versus Undertaker. Let's move on to one of yours, man. What do you got? Okay, this was hard to narrow this down. Uh, for a lot of my picks, I was trying to do more matches that I could feasibly see right now. Uh, and the hardest thing is picking who do you want to watch the Young Bucks fight? Who can't you watch the Young Bucks fight that you think they'd put on a stellar match with? Uh, right now, I think that that team is the Usos. I'm with you. It's just, yeah. if you, I don't think I would have said this, you know, three years ago. But right now, this version of the Usos we have is actually helping me see that the version three years ago were very good wrestlers. They were just in bright face paint, and it was harder to. They just weren't, they didn't seem as cool. It wasn't the right gimmick. I mean, I mean, I think it worked okay for the time for them. Like you said, they were great workers. But no, you're right. There's there's a long list of guys that people can say, oh, I'd love to see these guys fight the Young Bucks. And there's a lot of guys on that WWE roster that people like to see fight the Young Bucks. But I think if you had to pick one, if you had to pick one, the Usos are the right team to go against them because I think they match up well. And you're right about the gimmick. Um, you know, I, I was skeptical at first when they, when they ditched uh, the face paint and their, and their, their look and they just went for the, the flat bill hat, you know, they just look like a couple guys. Yeah. And that works for them. Like it started out. I think they were a little tougher at the beginning and not that they're not tough now, but they are kind of funny. Like I think that once again, I watch a lot of Total Divas. You see those two dudes on Total Divas a lot, and they're very likable. When you just watch those guys being themselves, you're having a good time. And in this version of them, I feel like we're getting to see them act like tougher versions of themselves. Like, they're still being funny, but they're still kind of badass. Can you just imagine the number of super kicks in that match? Exactly. When I had to narrow it down to one team, that was what sold it to me. Because yeah. the Usos, the Usos do already do a lot of super kicks. The announcers rarely call them that, right? Uh, but just that would just be a match of so many super kicks, and I think the build up to it, those two just talking at each other. Uh, you know, the Usos. Yeah, the be promos, cocky. man. Oh, the the promos would be the selling point of that. Uh, getting to see the Usos talking about, you know, just uh, making fun of the Young Bucks for coming up in bingo halls. While they've right. been at the top in these arenas the whole time. 
Uh, and then just, I feel like they would end up having a really stellar match, a lot of super kicks, a lot of good spots. I feel like we would even see the Usos pull out some things they've never done before. Yeah, that's it's even the kind of match that I think would be perfect for like a gimmick match. Like give them the first ever one hour tag team Iron Man match. Holy shit. Let them go a full fucking hour, like tornado tag, falls count anywhere. Who has the most falls by the end of the of the hour? Like get, like to me that would be a fun fucking match. I never thought about like I I honestly have not thought much at all about the idea of an Iron Man tag match. And yeah. the Bucks are the right people to do it. Yeah, I, I think... And here's the other thing. I think this isn't a thing that gets brought up a lot if, if we're going to talk about this stuff. I just think they have comparable builds, too, like size-wise. It's not like we're getting Authors of Pain versus DIY or something like that. No, it's it's two teams that are about the same size that have similar styles who can do the the high-flying acrobatic shit that they both rely on super kicks. They can both cut promos. They're just very comparable teams, and I think in a scenario like that where both teams can go, give them the full fucking hour and do something original, and and give them give them the Iron Man tag team match, and fuck, fans are gonna go apeshit over that. And it's not often that a tag team match would be the main event of a show, but that's a main event. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Now, I, we we were talking about this one. Leading up to the to recording this podcast, and we were this is one we were both in agreement on that needed to be discussed. And well, Young Bucks versus Usos, man, make it happen. Just to throw it out, the couple others uh, that were in consideration were the New Day, because once again, the promos there would just be so spot on. They'd yeah, be, they would mesh well together, and they've already like bickered on Twitter, which was funny. And I appreciate that they they do that, like you know, uh, but also the revival because fuck the revival. Fuck the revival, man. Yeah. Oh my god, you—they've actually had to bleep out some "fuck the revival" chants on <laughs> WWE TV, and I bet that just tickles the young bucks to know. If you don't know, uh, the young bucks started a, a "fuck the revival" thing on Twitter, and as well as on uh, "being the elite," they've started "fuck the revival" chants at Ring of Honor shows. It's—it's uh, it's a fun little thing they have going on right now, and just the revival's such a good tag team. They would be, you know, the no flips, just fist thing going against a team that's all flips. <laughs> yeah, that would be good shit. That would be the, just the build up to that as well. Honestly, you can plug the Young Bucks in with anyone in WWE that we're never going to get to see them fight. And I would be pretty excited to see it. Yeah, there's a lot of matchup potentials there. So, yeah, but I like I think we both agreed that like if you had to pick one, that's the one is Uso's Young Bucks. So. Agreed. Yeah. Um. So we got that. Uh, I guess we can go off one of mine. You want to do that? Yeah, let's do it. What's next? So this one's a little off the wall because um, there's a lot of big names that you get thrown out into fantasy match scenarios a lot. So I kind of tried to pick something like personal to me, something original. And I came up with um, Kevin Owens versus Eddie Guerrero. Okay. And, uh, I, like, it's not something I've ever one time even considered, like other than thinking about, you know, Eddie when he does the frog splash, when Kevin does it still. Right. Well, but, I, th- I think what I came up with is I was trying to think of somebody that I could pair with Owens in a fantasy match scenario, somebody that would fit. And the only one I, other one I could really come up with was Triple H. And the reason I was thinking Triple H for a long time was because, you know, there's sort of a uh, master versus student thing there that he kind of had with Rollins a little bit uh, from their NXT days. 
But uh, I also just, you know, I, I passed on that, and I just went with the reason I think Eddie versus Owens would be really, really fucking good is that I think Owens is a heel and Guerrero is the baby face who lies, cheats, and steals to get victories would drive Owens so fucking batty. And the idea of, of Eddie Guerrero having a match against Owens and stealing a win and Owens getting fucking apeshit angry. Oh, watching him and, get mad about Eddie cheating would be the funniest yes. shit. Yeah, to me that to me that was what sold me on it. And then knowing that both guys like Eddie wasn't overly big, uh, Owens isn't like a six foot five guy. I think that I think once again I think they match up well. I think uh, Eddie's a great worker. Owens is a great worker. I think if you did like some more Kevin Steen style stuff that he did on the Indies and and let them have like a like a either a ladder match or a hardcore match and give them some time. I think that's a match I fucking wish I could see. And it's a shame that Eddie's not around to even make that a possibility. Well, Um, the thing is if you take Eddie in his prime and put him against Kevin Steen, those guys could tear any house down. Yeah. I mean, if you just even look back at, you know, Eddie is a cruiserweight in WCW, the stuff he was doing there, even uh, they, yeah, that would, that would be wild. Like even if they were just doing wrestling holds and just actually doing wrestling rather than just moves over and over again. Yeah. That, that would be a compelling watch. Well, that's the thing is that I think that both of those guys are capable of pulling off a wrestling match and then like a, like a no holds barred street fight style too. The thi- and and uh, that's a match that if you had it, like if you gave them enough time to build a great story, it would definitely, you could start with, you know, like you know wrestling traditional like mat wrestling and then just gradually build it up to where they're in a fucking brawl until the end yeah i think that to me talking about all this and thinking about it coming into today's podcast it made me really miss eddie guerrero um i don't know how much you were watching during his when he became wwe champion and back in 04 but uh Great run by him. I, I loved it. And I just, I, the more I think about his character back then, I just think that the idea of him stealing a match against Owens and Owens getting fucking angry and then cutting a promo saying to the fans, like, you guys are assholes. Anytime I try to get an edge or something in a match, I get booed. And it's, this guy cheats and steals. And you guys cheer him for it. I think there's potential there for those two to have a really fucking good match. I just, I think it was a good matchup. So it's just, yeah, those are just two fantastic workers. It would have been nice to see how that goes. Uh, but then you, you never know. Like with sometimes with these, like on paper, AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens seemed like it was going to be awesome. And it, yeah, just, I, it just didn't really work out. Like it was just two guys who didn't mesh well. But I just think it's weird. Like you'll have situations like that where like guys can have okay matches. They're both good workers and they can have okay matches, but they can't have the five-star match that you think they're capable of. So you never know. But I, this is one that, like, to me, like, I wanted to see Owens against somebody from the past. And Eddie, I think, was a, a good pick for potential fantasy matchup there. Isn't it weird that the only WWE legend or just wrestling legend so far that Kevin Owens has faced is Bill Goldberg? Oh, it's fucking infuriating. I guess technically, technically, he did face Brock Lesnar at a house show. Okay, and I'm sure he fought gold dust at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got we got a, we got another user submitted fantasy match uh, from Facebook from uh, Angel Cruz. 
he uh, suggested that we talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Goldberg. Ah, fuck. Just that is just the Attitude Era. Yeah, that is that is a match that all of us thought we wanted to see. Um, man. How much of that? How much of that is based around the fact that they based a lot of Bill Goldberg's look being very similar to Stone Cold Steve Austin's? He, I mean, he was just a more fit Stone Cold. Uh, I mean, looking at them, it, that's funny though. That you like basically the thing that made us want to see them fight each other was that they looked the same. But also, and, and, they're and, the top guys in their respect, you know, in their companies. Yeah. To me, this is one of those like it's one I think like when we were talking about Sting under uh, Sting and Undertaker earlier, how we just want the moment of like seeing them standing across from each other, them getting ready to fight. I see. I don't know how good of a match Stone Cold and Goldberg could have. Um, I Goldberg's matches typically are not long, and I can't imagine a scenario where you see Steve Austin getting speared and jackhammered in like five minutes. Um, I'll tell you they, when it would happen. It would happen during the build. Is like you would already get a spear because Stone right. Cold would be talking shit hard on Bill Goldberg and calling him a stupid son of a bitch. He would have the beers going, and when he turned, he would get speared hard. Well, I don't know. The, here's here's the thing. I think that actually happened. I think I if I, I don't remember every little detail. Um, going back to 2004 again, since that's going to be a theme I talk about a lot. Um, those two actually had quite a bit of interaction with each other going into WrestleMania 20 for for the very first Goldberg oh, Lesnar match. Oh, so, because so, Stone Cold's since, just in the ring in a ref shirt laughing that whole time. Yep, that was basically the only good part of that match, other than the end. Was the was end over. where he stunned everyone? Was that part of it, or was there something in his earpiece that said? Hey, you got to stun these guys. You got to change the crowd. You know what? I have no idea. But knowing that since both guys were already going to be leaving after that show, I have, I would imagine that's something they planned beforehand. Yeah, because uh, it probably would have been weird if one of them had just turned. He's like, hey, I'm going to stun you. Just be ready. <laughs> just, just deal with it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I get why that's a fantasy match. People talk about it. I think it was one that in 1998, 1999, people were talking about that they wanted to see. But I don't know how good the match would have been, but it totally makes sense why people want to see it. And like you said, it's not one that gets me super excited right now. But if you would ask me that during the middle of the Monday Night Wars, 100% I would have wanted that badly. For sure. For sure. So it makes sense why that's on there. Hey man, let's head back. Uh, let's get, get give me one of yours, dude. Let's talk about right, some uh, another see. one of yours. So I have already mentioned this on the podcast, but this is one that could actually happen, and it's and the thing is, it could happen at Elimination Chamber. We could get it, you know, settled. I want to see Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. Ooh, God, I wanted this while he was in NXT. I was just like, if he makes it there, the size difference is fun. You have the Beast versus the Demon. We so rarely see Finn do the demon that this is the perfect time for him to bring it out. Have, you yeah. know, Heyman cutting a shitty promo on him. Like, you know, he's too small. He can't do it. The demon is coming out for this one. That, uh, that is a WrestleMania main event. Like, that is the only thing that I'm like, you know what? If they can make that the main event, I will take that over Shinsuke AJ. I know that's, that's a big... That's a big statement, but I would take that. <laughs> People are going to be like, fuck you, Garrett. But I'm like, hey, teach their there's own, least, man. That's what I'm excited about. There's at least a few people at home that were with you up until that moment. And then they're like, ooh, 
No, but you know, you're, I don't think you're wrong though. There's something to it. And I think we've talked about this match a lot before. And I, th- I think the reason people want to see it is because there's a lot of things about it that just makes sense from a pro wrestling standpoint. Number one, they call Brock Lesnar, the beast, the beast incarnate and Finn Balor is known as the demon dresses up in the face paint and he takes his, he takes his wrestling style to a whole other level when he's the demon. And there's the whole David versus Goliath theme there. Fuck. And think about his WrestleMania entrance. If Finn Balor main evented WrestleMania as the demon, the fireworks going him as the demon. God damn. There's just so many possibilities for that being awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think this is one I would absolutely love to see. Um, and I, I've talked about this match with, uh, you know, a few friends, um, and one of the things I, I, I don't know how they would pull it off. I would love to see Finn come across as like he, he can exploit like the, the weakness in Lesnar's arsenal, which is that a lot of it involves him trying to German suplex guys. And it would be cool to see like every time Lesnar tries to suplex Finn, he just flips out of it. Like he goes to suplex him and he throws him and Finn lands on his feet, does like a backflip essentially. Or just think about Lesnar coming behind to lock it in and him giving that Pele kick. Yeah. Yeah. I I just think there's a lot of potential there. I I think a lot of people, you know, just a few years ago, there were rumors that they were going to do Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar. And it doesn't look like that's ever going to happen. And at this point, I don't want to see him do it. Like I don't want Daniel Bryan to take, yeah, I don't want him to land on his neck a whole bunch of times. Like I, yeah, I love him too much. <laughs> yeah. For that. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think this is a way to kind of in, at least in spirit, make something like that happen. But it actually almost makes even more sense just because of Finn Balor's gimmick and a great worker. I think, um, I don't know the, the fact that it's still, it's still technically a possibility. That's what gets me so excited about it is that it's something that could happen and if Brock is on his way out and this is my last chance, I'm going to be so bummed out if it, I mean, it's probably not going to happen at this point, but like just picturing, you know, Finn getting on the top rope, giving him the coup de gras, like stomping on just gi- Brock Lesnar's giant chest, going for the pin, not a kick out, but him just throwing Finn Balor in the air. Yeah. And then... I like something I think that would be awesome that we haven't seen is just he knows that one coup de gras isn't going to do it. So have him just keep doing it. Right. And just stomping Lesnar to fucking death. Like just getting on that top rope and giving him like three or four coup de gras in a row, then going for a pin. Hearing Paul Heyman on the outside just just screaming, Brock, Brock, get up. Like him fucking. Oh man, Finn Balor walking out of WrestleMania holding the Universal title as the demon. That is a way to end WrestleMania. That is you. a main event. I'm and and again, I know it's a short time frame to make it happen, but it's one. It's still a possibility technically, and it's and still I'm, an easy build because uh, Heyman had wasn't it several months ago? But didn't he have promos on Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar? Yeah, he said it's a matchup that intrigues him. I think that was going into Great Balls of Fire or something. Okay, or yeah, no, it, it was, ended up being Joe instead. Yeah, I think there was a there was a point where Heyman had said that matchup intrigues him. So, I don't know. It intrigues the fuck out of me. So, I'm with you. I, that's one I'd love to see. Yeah, don't uh, don't hate me for saying I'd rather see that than Shinsuke AJ. But my main reason for wanting it so badly right now is it seems like the match that is so possible that would tear the roof off the place that we're probably not going to get. Yep. 
And, and I guess you could always fall back on the idea. We've seen Styles Nakamura before, technically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, it was awesome. And that's why it's still a dream match for that to happen at Mania. But this is something yeah. that I have not seen at all. Yep. I'll tell you one that I haven't seen at all. And one that I think people should see. And one that I don't think they ever will see. One of my dream matches is uh, HBK Shawn Michaels, the Heartbreak Kid, against Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Is that really, ne- like, during the Attitude Era, that never happened? It never happened to my knowledge. And if it did, it happened before The Rock was a thing. Okay, maybe, so it's kind of one of those. Like, maybe when he was rocking my Avia. So it's kind of one of those, like, where The Undertaker Cena has happened before, but nothing memorable. Yeah, here's the funny thing about Undertaker versus John Cena. I've technically seen that as a dark match back in 2006 after a Raw Super Show. So I've seen it. So fuck all y'all. I don't need... <laughs> I'm, like, I'm good. You're being selfish because you, you don't need to see it. Well, here's what... Okay, it's, it's a match a lot of people bring up a lot, which is, you know, Rock versus Michaels. And there's actually a great story here. And I don't even know if you know about this. But... The the King of the Ring that Stone Cold Steve Austin won, which prompted the whole Austin 316 thing. Yeah. That was originally supposed to be won by Triple H. But he got Triple- in trouble for the click thing. Yes, he got, in, he got in trouble for the Madison Square Garden, you know, the kayfabe breaking hug that they did and all that stuff. So they rescheduled it and they, they did, you know, they had Stone Cold Steve Austin winning the King of the Ring. Now... After that, I think Triple H just kind of accepted his punishment. And But the whole time after Hall and Nash left WWF, Shawn Michaels was grooming Triple H to be the next guy. Like he thought, okay, take your punishment, but don't worry. We're going to make you, we're going to make you a top guy, you know, here pretty soon. And I think the emergence of the rock really from what the, the, the stories I've heard is that it really rubbed Shawn and, and Paul the wrong way that the rock just kind of came out of nowhere and was rivaling stone cold, Steve Austin in popularity and that HBK was trying to hold down the rock early in his career to prevent Paul, you know, to prevent triple H from getting usurped or whatever. And, uh, I think there's a great story there. I I know that, uh, Sean had pulled some shit at, uh, one of, um, the rocks dads, uh, when he was doing shows, um, I know that there's family history there where the Rock's family doesn't think too kindly of Shawn Michaels. I don't know if they still do, but I think there's a story there where if if Shawn and Triple H really did try to hold down Dwayne backstage, they could run with that. And it's just it's to me it's one of those big matches. I can't believe that we like you said I can't believe we didn't see it. It's just yeah and you're I, right. Like that already seems like a main event match that they just missed the boat on. Yeah, and maybe it's because they didn't want to work together. And and yeah. I, I don't know. I think they're on. I think they're on good terms now, from what I last read. But there's like there's story potential there, and I just think they were both big stars. We got to see we got to see HBK versus Stone Cold, and uh, we got to see HBK versus Triple H. We got to see HBK during against a lot of the guys from the Attitude Era. That's one I just don't think that we got, and it's kind of a shame. No, I I agree with you. I think the promos we could have gotten out of that. I mean. They would have even had a really fun match. Uh, and that would have been, I mean, honestly, that's a WrestleMania match too. Yeah, that's a WrestleMania main event if you can make it happen. Yeah, I totally agree with that one. So I, let's talk about one of your matches that 
probably can't ever happen at WrestleMania, but yeah. is one you'd like to see anyway. I think this is another intriguing one that I think people are going to be like, fuck you for wasting my time. <laughs> Do you think? Because I don't know. I, don't I think, know. That, I, I think people I are going to be with you. People on this are one. a lot more harsh on this than uh, than I think they would be. But as I was sitting down thinking about it, I was like, "Well, obviously, who can we put Kenny Omega in a dream match with?" And I wanted to do it with somebody that just didn't seem possible, and that is John Cena. And I'm the, with you. The reason I would want to pair them together, one like. Just think if one day, if Cena was just like, you know what? I do have something to prove. I'm going to Japan. Like and he doesn't renew his WWE contract for like one month. Yes. <laughs> and goes. Because <laughs> it's when we got John Cena versus AJ Styles, I don't think any of us were expecting that to go as well as it did. And Although, you know what? To be fair, we should have considering when Styles had his brief like month or two month feud with Roman Reigns. Styles got a couple of really, really good matches out of Roman Reigns at that time. He he really did. And I mean, a lot of that could be on AJ Styles. But I, I think it is at that time anyway. But I also think that Cena during those matches stepped it up. And I feel like that was the beginning of me starting to be on Team Cena again. Where I, I was like, he, you know, he looked like he was into it. It looked like Cena finally had you know, a meaty storyline, like something that he could sink his teeth into and something that was worth giving maximum effort for. And I and think you, he, I think he would do the same for Omega. I'm with you. I, I'm with you on that. I, I think, um, I don't know the, the situations that you could, I mean, cause here's the thing. I said, it probably could never happen at WrestleMania. It's not impossible. Cause you know, Kenny's, you know, independent, like he can do whatever the fuck he wants. It's not impossible for him to do a one-off if Vince thinks he can bring him in for, for a Mania match. Well, I mean, he is signed to New Japan exclusively for a few years. Is he? He, like, is. He, can't, is... he can't do anything else? Well, I mean, he can do Ring of Honor, but they have a working relationship. And I think, I don't know, I think he does have a little bit of freedom at least because I just saw that he's going to be at the WrestleCon Super Show Mania weekend. Uh, that he just got added to that. So obviously, like, they're cool with him doing some, but I think the promotion for New Japan would just be so good that if they wanted him to come do a match, I think they'd let him. Yeah, and, and, and there's been instances where, like, between WWE and TNA, they've had worked out deals where, like, well, if WWE gets to use Kenny Omega for a match, WWE can let somebody go over to New Japan or whatever as a favor. And do something over there too. So you know they could send Orton over there to work a program with somebody or whatever. So yeah, I I that one just really intrigues me because there's something about this new part time John Cena that just doesn't seem like he cares a ton. Like not that he doesn't care at all, but I feel like he's gotten a little lazier with just like you can just hear him talking even more than usual nowadays. Yeah, uh, it, I think part of that maybe come comes down to maybe he knows what his role is at this point. Like he's there to put over the new guys. And so there's like, I don't know. I, I think you're right. I think that he's missing something. He should turn heel. And, uh, <laughs> um, no, I, to me, I get it. I get why this would be a match. And here's the thing. We know that Cena can work a good match and we know that Omega can. And just like all the build for, you know, Omega versus Jericho, I think if Jericho can have a good match with Omega, I think Cena can certainly have a good match with Omega. And it makes sense why, at least at least currently, 
Because even though he's, you know, seen as kind of winding down, you know, being the full-time guy and just doing part-time jobs and stuff, um, he's still technically like a face, if not the face of WWE. Well, I mean, obviously he's still the face because we legitimately discussed a possibility of him headlining WrestleMania this year. Sure. Sure. And I don't know, I just... Omega brings out a lot of good in people. He sells the shit out of anyone's finishers. Like until recently, I never thought the crossroads looked like a devastating move. Uh, same with like, God damn, just the way he sold the code breaker against yeah. Jericho. That was, I don't know. I, I think he would just, they would complement each other well. And I think it would just be something that we wouldn't expect to see. And I think it would just bring out a lot of good in both of them. Going back to your point, I think it would actually just be cool as fuck to see the John Cena character away from WWE. Oh, my God. Like, for real. Like, I mean, everybody was fucking shocked when Jericho showed up. I mean, I don't think there was anybody who would say, oh, I saw that coming. Right. None of us did. But this would have been an e- Like, if this were to ever happen. Like, I mean, when you were talking about guys who have loyalty to something, I mean... Cena is definitely there. Like he is WWE. Yeah, he's a way. company guy. For so sure. Him showing up to another company, I don't think I mean I I almost feel like the place would go silent. Like just <laughs> People, Well, here's the thing, especially this is kind of what I mean though is that like imagine him showing up as John Cena. What like without the bright shirt, without the WWE merchandise on him but still being John Cena, the wrestler John Cena, that guy from a uh, total Bellas that wears really <laughs> ill fitting suits. Well, I mean, he could still wear hats. He can still wear his <laughs> shorts and shit, but I just, you it would be given interesting John to see... permission to wear a hat. Cause if he doesn't I'm have just... that on to throw in the crowd, he gets confused. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Or a towel or something. It makes him but, forget. Uh... Like he left the house without his keys. Ah, oh, shit. I, I'm missing something. Oh fuck. I forgot my towel. No, I uh, no, I'm with you. I'm, I think that's I think that's a great dream match. Honestly, I don't know. Um, I, to me, it wouldn't even really matter the circumstances, whether it's WrestleMania or something in New Japan. Make it happen. Find Fuck a way. Throw you some, know what? Bring throw, him as his opponent for All In. Throw, <laughs> that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> if the, it's just like we won't know Omega's match until you're in the building that night, and if John Cena's music hit. Once again, I think the crowd would go silent, not believing what they're about to see. I'm really, really hoping the all-in shows in Chicago. Um, just for the sake of proximity to me, I'm hoping that it is as well. Um, I could also, I don't know, the thing that throws me off with all-in is that it's Labor Day weekend, which is Bola weekend. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe they're having it in L.A. So that they can... I really hope they're not, but... For 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 my biased reasons, I hope it's in Chicago. And speaking of Chicago, let's transition into my last dream match of the show. Uh, this is another one that people have talked about a fuck ton, and so I think it's worth mentioning because it's certainly on my list. Uh, for the same reasons, it's probably on everyone else's list. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus CM Punk. Okay, so like I said, I I hate saying this. I missed out on basically the entire CM Punk era of WWE. Um, I Obviously, I've watched a lot of things since then, but I wasn't there while it was happening. So right. I feel like I never gained that connection with CM Punk 
that ever that a lot of wrestling fans did. Well, here's the crazy thing. <laughs> I'm I'm mentioning this on my list. I'm not like a huge, 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 huge CM Punk fan. I don't I don't own a single bit of CM Punk merchandise, which blows my um, mind because it's got Chicago shit all over it. Yeah, I, I get. I, I get it. There's an expectation there. But I don't know if you've ever looked up. I can't remember what year it was. I want to say it was 2010. 2010 or 2011. Um, there was an interaction between Stone Cold Steve Austin and CM Punk on Raw. Where Stone Cold was, I think he was like the guest GM for the night. Um, the chemistry those two have is fucking amazing. And and I I'm just talking about like watching them interact, but there's also a a a personality chemistry that they have in the sense that their characters are perfect together. Oh, they were like, I mean, personality wise, they're very similar. Yeah, they're, they're very just, similar. Like, overall attitude, I mean. Well, and then you have the aspect. Obviously, we have to talk about the fact that CM Punk Straight Edge. Stone, Stone Cold, Cold Steve beer Austin's the beer neck. drinker. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot. I mean, I know that when they were pro, uh, promoting, I think it was WWE 14 or 13, one of the, one of the, whatever one CM Punk was on the cover of, they did a lot of interaction between him and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And um, it's just, I mean, there's a lot of guys you can plug Stone Cold Steve Austin in against and say it's a dream match. To me, if I had to pick one Stone Cold Steve Austin dream match, this is it. Well, it's because, you know, together they got that Donnie and Marie thing going on. He's a little bit country. He's a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> I think that's actually a great way of putting it. Um, yeah, It's a I just city think... boy versus a southern redneck. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and I think Punk being the loudmouth kind of abrasive does, like, I, I mean, Punk has to be the heel in that scenario, I think. But I don't think ultimately it's going to end up matter if, the, if it came to match time. Because both guys would be so fucking over that people would just be excited as hell to see the match. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I just think that them both being very brash, very rebellious, being fucking assholes to each other, like a month or two's build would be more than enough. <laughs> because oh, I absolutely, like, honestly, no build. You just hear, yeah. like, at this point, <laughs> like, okay, let's say it's happening right now and not, you know, several years ago. Sure. Uh, as far as right now goes, the loudest pop I have ever heard or like been in the room for was Mania 32 when Stone Cold showed up in Dallas. Yeah. And I, I don't even remember if we knew that he was going to be there. Like we, I think everybody assumed because it's Texas. But when that fucking glass broke, I don't know if I've ever been anywhere louder than that. And I think it would be the same thing. It does, I don't think it matters what fucking vi- like town they were in. If you were at any WrestleMania and CM Punk's music hit, like it, I, I don't even know what would happen. I mean, the place went crazy last year when the Hardys' music hit. If right. CM Punk's music hit, I, I mean, think the rest of the rest of the match would be quiet because everyone would lose their fucking voice during just the entrance. Yeah, the second you do that, I mean, the people of Philly are going to be eating horse shit off the ground and burning their city down. <laughs> Vancouver's going to riot. <laughs> and that, do you know how hard that is to get riots in Vancouver? <laughs> all, all it takes is the Canucks failing to win the Stanley Cup. They're going to go down there and, uh, you know, there's not, you're not going to be able to go to Tim Hortons for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, um, let's move on to the final dream match discussion of the, of the episode here, which is... Uh, Another one that multiple users said that we should talk about, and I actually agree with them. I think this is one that 
Um, if they hadn't brought up, I certainly was going to. But uh, we had Brian Jacks on Facebook, and we had at Doomlord Dalton on Twitter say that we should talk about AJ Styles versus Shawn Michaels. It, this is a match that if you had asked me about this a few years ago, I probably wouldn't have gotten super excited. I didn't. Like, I think I've talked about this before, but I mean, I was very familiar. I was familiar with AJ Styles, but Same here. a lot of my exposure to him has been this current WWE run. Right. And it took a minute for me to grow. Like, you know, I just did not immediately love AJ Styles. But looking at him now and just. I, that match is very warranted. Everybody would want that match. Everybody if you had wants both guys in their prime, which is weird because AJ. How old is I'd he now? Say, is he almost still, 40? I think he's almost 40, but it, he, fuck, it doesn't seem like it. I feel like do he's you, in his prime that, currently. Yeah, I, I would say he's still in his prime. I think working that part-time TNA schedule probably helped a lot. I knew a little bit about AJ Styles before he came to WWE because I, I you know, for a couple of years there, I did keep a, an eye on what was going on at TNA because I followed Christian over there when he went to TNA after he left WWE. And I knew a little bit about AJ Styles, and I knew that he was pretty well revered throughout the the, the wrestling community. But uh, I'm with you. I didn't know. I didn't have a ton of history with the guy until he came to WWE, and I kind of fell in love with him immediately. Uh, I think a lot of it had to do with the the warm reaction he got when he made his debut at the Royal Rumble. Which I think it was. And it would I, be hard to not be excited about that. Just the way the crowd reacted. I mean. Even if you literally, like, if you had no idea who he was, like, this is the first time you're hearing his name, the way the crowd reacted, it was very easy to tell that he is special. Right. And I think it didn't hurt, you know, right after he he debuts, he has a pretty good feud with Jericho. He has a a great couple matches with uh, Roman Reigns. Um, He turns heel, has all those fucking epic matches with Cena. Like, technically, since he's arrived, he's been off and running. And it makes sense that they made him the face of SmackDown because, yeah, he can carry a show. I mean, uh, it makes me happy. I mean, it didn't take too long after Cena had a couple matches with him before he pulled Styles aside and said, you're everything that you were advertised, man. See, I, wasn't, and, I was not big into the Jericho matches. Um, okay. I mean, the, the, his match that he had at Mania, I remember being, like, as far as that Mania goes, like, kind of... I didn't love that one. I was kind of like, it was kind of a snooze for me while I was there. I thought until I went back and rewatched it, it is very good. Um, So I I think, would you agree with me? Maybe, maybe you'll disagree. I don't know. Would you say that styles is the best worker on the current WWE roster? On the WWE roster? Yes. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think like if even any of the new guys are like NXT or the cruiserweights, but I think overall, he is the top guy in that company currently as far as putting on consistently really good matches. And he has been for a couple of years. Ever since he's been there, he's been good, putting on good matches. When, so um, When you brought it up, I think like the Roman matches were the first ones that I was like, okay, I'm all on board. This guy can get a good match out of anybody. And yeah. actually, maybe it was the next... You know what? I think it really was the night after Mania. Uh, there was that, Jericho. that fatal four-way. It was him, Jericho, Cesaro, Owens. I can't remember who it was. I think but, it was, like, you know. I think you're right because Styles won the match to be number night. one contender. Yeah, and yeah, I was in the building for that one as well. And the crowd stayed so long after the cameras went off the air 
still cheering him. I mean, there was another 10, 15 minutes you didn't see on the air of him just in the ring getting cheered like the match had just ended. That seems like that was really fun. <laughs> that was absolutely a highlight of that night, is seeing AJ Styles get that kind of reaction. And that soon after debuting, getting a, like a WWE title shot, too. That's exciting. Especially like, considering think... he had just lost his match the night before. Right. Basically showing that they could do whatever the fuck they want, and it works um, sometimes. But one of the things you said about Styles that I think rings true about Michaels, I think the reason this is like the the dream match of dream matches for a lot of people, at least right now, is that they both had a reputation of being able to work a lot of different styles and being able to get good matches out of anyone. I I mean, obviously that's a signature of a really great worker, but... They both had that reputation of of being able to work with anybody and it be like a quality match. It doesn't matter if the other guy can't move a whole bunch. Um, and, you know, the, somebody had, you know, there was that table for three thing on WWE Network with Styles, Nash, and and Michaels. And I guess Styles admitted that one of his guys made that Royal Rumble uh, Photoshop of Shawn Michaels versus Styles. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, I did. It was floating around the internet for a while, and I guess you're telling me style. that uh, Luke Gallows made it. <laughs> That's quite, quite possibly the the situation. Um, but yeah, I guess he made that, and I guess everyone like fuck. Is there somebody who doesn't want to see that? The thing is, like at this point, like if we could have seen Sean in his prime versus AJ now, right? That's a match that I think it would. It's hard to even fathom what that would be like. Because there's it, not it, too many, there's not too many scenarios where you, where you can say this where it doesn't sound like a cliche or like you're stre- you're stretching the truth. It just feels like those two guys are capable of putting on the greatest match ever. I can tell you that it's a match that when they met in the center of the ring and were just going eye to eye, they would probably milk that for about five minutes and get a "This is awesome" chant before they've even touched. Correct. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, it's two guys who are gonna. I mean, Shawn Michaels already going down as the greatest of all time, if you know, arguably, or just one of the greatest top ten. One of the guys that consistently brought up is the greatest. Exactly. And AJ is still in the middle. Like, I mean, in his almost 40 years old or 40 years old, not 100% sure on his age, putting on the, some of the best matches of his career. I mean, right. even when you take into consideration the, the New Japan stuff, which were awesome fucking matches, he's still put, like, switched to kind of somewhere between WWE style and Japan style <laughs> to where, like, his I, matches feel special. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Like, I don't, I, again, I don't think it's a thing we're going to see, unfortunately. Because it's not like it's entirely impossible. It's not like HBK is, is you know, he's, he hasn't passed away or anything. We have, don't have a scenario like that. But it just... I agree with you. I think if you had seen Sean in his prime, even Sean from like, you know, eight, nine years ago, um, that would have been, that would have been fucking awesome. Yeah. That, just the, the Sean that retired Ric Flair, like even yeah. that version of him. Yeah. No, I, I think, uh, yeah, man. That, I mean, that's, that's justifiably the dream match of dream matches for a lot of people and certainly on my list. So yeah, yeah. it's just, it's a match that just, Thinking about those two sitting down and discussing what they were going to do. Like that match, I mean, it needs to be, in my head, that's a 60-minute match. Yeah, I mean, they have to go a while. 
multiple. Yeah, fuck, man. You're getting me excited about something I'm not going to see. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Brian and Dalton. Yeah, thank you, guys. Hey, why don't you tell everyone uh, who's listening what we're going to be doing to wrap up uh, podcast episodes at this point going forward, man. Okay, so we've come up with a new segment. This is the, the ending of every show. A lot of wrestling fans, and I know some of you are guilty of it. We all are. We do complain a lot. Uh, when things don't go our way or we think something could have been done better, we do complain. Maybe there's some wrestlers we don't like and we let them have it. This, this is, is I have never done any of this. What are you talking about? Oh, you motherfucker. You used to give me so much shit about the Miz. <laughs> you were right, though. So welcome to our new closing segment for Predetermined called Now Say Something Nice. <laughs> So every week when we do a podcast episode, we're gonna close the we're gonna close the show on a positive note by saying something nice about a wrestler or somebody in the wrestling industry that we really, really typically don't like. So, man, uh, who should go first on this? Here, why don't why don't you go ahead and hit me with it? All right. Um. So uh, to me, I'll get this one out of the way. Um. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you say that, I know. I think I already know who you're gonna say. <laughs> do you <laughs> when you're like i gotta get this out of the way it's you saying like i'm not gonna wait five weeks in like let me just go ahead and say it now yeah there's no sense i fucking hate bill goldberg <laughs> i fucking hate bill goldberg so much um and and it's fuck here's the, the fucked up thing about how much i hate bill goldberg i hated him in wcw i hated him at the peak of his popularity i hated him most of his time when he made his run in WWE, other than when I thought he was going to kick the shit out Does of Does it piss H. you off that I bought a jar of Bill Goldberg jelly beans once? I did. Did I know this? I don't know. They I were don't all, think I knew this. They were all that black and yellow. I uh, never you. opened them, but I can only imagine those are two terrible flavors of jelly yeah, beans. Yeah. Fucking. What, what does the flavor last five seconds? <laughs> that, would, that would actually be zebra striped gum. The, the the fucking the flavor of the jelly beans somehow still lasts longer than his matches. Anyways, no, I'm not a Goldberg fan, and it was fucking like horrible universal justice because my current favorite wrestler on the roster is Kevin Owens, and of course, years later, and for no fucking good reason whatsoever, it had to be Bill Goldberg that ended Kevin Owens' universal title reign. And uh, I could, I could go on and on and on about all the shit I hate about Goldberg. I hey, hate the fact that he's hey. got like four moves. I'm gonna say something nice. Hey, I was getting ready to say motherfucker. Now say something nice. I You're will <laughs> say something nice. I will say something nice about Bill Goldberg. I fucking hate him. But he does have one of the most iconic entrances in the history of wrestling. Oh, that, and there's there's him- no taking that away from him. Him walking down that hallway, that long, the music playing, him getting into the smoke, him breathing it. I get it. It's an epic fucking entrance. I fucking hate him for it, but <laughs> but at the same time, no, I, uh, it's, it's like uh, there's, there's a few guys that you can talk about who have epic entrances. Undertaker, Triple H, um, God, I don't know, Bray Wyatt. There's guys who have cool entrances, and Goldberg's on that list of guys who have really fucking badass entrances. And it upsets <laughs> me to say it, but yeah. I like There's the, my something nice. That's it. I don't have to do it again. There's him. other nice things you could say. Like he seems like a really nice family man. He seemed way more genuine about the business when he returned. 
I don't have to say any of those things though. I'm done. You're like I already said one fucking nice thing. I'm Move saying on. one fucking nice thing, and now I don't ever have to do it again. And now it's your turn. Okay, you say something nice. Hit me with it. Well, I owe an apology to somebody. Uh, <laughs> so I have not been kind to Hangman Page. <laughs> Go back a couple episodes of our podcast. <laughs> you weren't nice to him then either. I wasn't like I was barely nice to him in person. It was like, which is awful because he's just, he seems like a very sweet man. I've just never understood in the elite where Hangman Page fits in. It seemed like a guy that they got stuck with. That just like didn't... they didn't know it was going to blow up enough. They didn't really know it was going to blow up as big as it was. It ended up blowing up, and then he was just kind of there. Yeah, that's kind of what happened. I feel like he was in. They were in Ring of Honor, and he they got Adam Page, and I was just like, "Why the fuck are they with this guy?" I'm like, "What does this guy bring to the table?" I hate his name. I don't like the way he looks different than the rest of them because he's like, you know, he's a body guy. He's like a bigger, fit guy. And as time has gone on, Hangman, my apologies. You have started to put in a lot better work. You're working more of a style like the Young Bucks. I'm seeing you do flips and do things that make me pop. Uh, I, I was getting ready to like say something mean again, but I was like, that's not what this point, the point of this segment is. We're saying no. something nice. I, I don't know what it is. There's just something about Hangman that never clicked with me. He is starting to win me over a little more. But I just, I never, he always just seemed like the lesser person on that list. And maybe it's because every member of the elite Went to PWG shows, except Hangman. He was never invited. <laughs> and you held it against him for not showing up. I don't know. There's just, I just, I never understood it. But it, the more that, uh, the, you know, their web series being the elite goes on, he seems like a funny guy. He is a very handsome man. Uh, I'm just giving him compliments right now. I like he that he didn't sign your program. He didn't sign my program and he knew that I didn't want him to and he gave me that picture. So. <laughs> Hangman, you're doing much better. I appreciate you. I'm sorry for the things I said. There's my something nice. And now that we've said something nice, ring the fucking bell, man. Oh, my God. It is time to end. But before we go, uh, follow us on Facebook. We're Wrestle Hangout on Facebook. If you put in Predetermined Pro Wrestling Hangout, you will find it. I want to say thank you to all the new people that have joined that Facebook group this week. We've had so many people start to join this thing. I have no idea who they are. I love you guys. Uh, write us a message. Tell me who you owe an apology to this week. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, uh, keep the fantasy matches coming, though. That's the stuff that we can talk about forever. Oh, if you have any that we didn't mention, please tell us now. At Wrestle Hangout on Twitter, at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. I am at Gartet on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I am at Halloween Halpin on Twitter. And... Uh, just want to again say thank you to everyone who interacted with us in the lead up to this uh, episode. Love hearing from people. Love getting suggestions. And uh, yeah, if you want to say uh, somebody that you're not a fan of in the wrestling industry and then force yourself to say something nice like we just did, fucking hit us with it. We'll talk about it on the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, once again, thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends that are wrestling fans to, to listen to this. Uh, Derek and I will be at AAW in Chicago this weekend. I will probably be wearing a New Japan tracksuit, so if you see a jackass walking around in one of those, come say hi to us. Uh, but yeah, thanks again for listening, and uh, let's hit our goddamn music. Woo! Get out of here.